Welcome to the Business Chef Podcast, where we learn from the best about the business side of the food service industry. Do you make food? Then let us help you make money doing Want to connect with us? Check us out at Make Food Make Money on Instagram or Facebook. Or email us, info at businesschef.org. Friends, neighbors, and countrymen, welcome to another edition of the Business Chef Podcast. I, of course, am Chef Sean Boucher, your host. And today, we are talking to an individual who really understands the need for constant growth, constant improvement, and constantly moving forward in his life. Whether that is through racing, which he has a background in, or in developing himself, growing his skills, and being able to really give his talents and his abilities to the food service industry. I, of course, am talking about Mr. Scott Stanfield, who we're going to find out got into this business in a different way. What got me into this business? Well, it goes back a long way with me. Um, I've been in the business for 25 years. And um, I always said if I could make it as a – I grew up in the South, South Carolina. And I, I said if I could make it as a NASCAR driver, I wanted to own a restaurant. So uh, I made the best effort I could to make it in racing. I, I started racing go-karts at 7 and, and was fully sponsored and won some championships, some national and state championships, and uh, raced for the first – Full time for the first four years out of uh, out of high school, and so I ended up being a 21 year old freshman at the University of South Carolina, and got and applied at 15 different restaurants, and finally got hired as a dishwasher uh, at a place called Carolina Crab House, and I went from dishwasher to man front of the house manager in 90 days during that summer and. Um, and that set me in, in the direction. I worked for that company. I ended up being the GM uh, of that restaurant for that company, managed two restaurants at one time for them, um, and ended up actually going back and being a managing partner at the place where I was a dishwasher um, at, at one point in my career. So you obviously have a different background than maybe a lot of people out there, uh, especially the fact that you come from racing. Talk about some of the lessons that you've learned in racing that maybe have helped you in food service or have translated over into food service. I think the biggest one is is looking ahead. When we race go karts, um, uh, I raced on multiple surfaces, asphalt and dirt, and sometimes we raced on the coast, and we would have to look at tide tables to see if it was going to be low tide or high tide to figure out where the water table would be because it would affect the handling of the go-kart differently. Uh, so let's say I go out on the racetrack at, at 7 o'clock in the morning and and I want to make some adjustments based off what would be those track conditions at that time. And then uh, and then that I go out on the racetrack again, let's say again, you know, just to make it easy, at 8 o'clock an hour later. And now I've made adjustments based off where the track was at 7. Uh, and then at 8 o'clock, 
the track has changed because the sun's higher in the skies, the dew's not on the track. Uh, you know, if I'm on the coast, the tide could have changed. Uh, and so what happens is I have to then go, if the track changed this much between 7 and 8, how much is it going to change between 8 and 9? Uh, and so the same thing happens in, in a restaurant because the, the track conditions are how busy you are, how busy the whole environment is. So holding all the variables in your head and making adjustments on if we're this busy between 5 and 6, how much busier are we going to be between 6 and 7? So thinking about the adjustments I need to make with the staff or the kitchen or where I need to help out. Um, do I need to jump in pantry and make some desserts or and, and help them get caught up before that 7 o'clock rush hits uh, is one of the biggest things that I think that what I call the operating system that I, that, that my brain operating system that I bring to the table. I don't, uh, I tell people a lot, I don't go to work in restaurants. I go to the racetrack every day and try to beat my track record or which is, you know, or the, the restaurant's record, which may be, you know, dollar sales or covers or what did we do last year on this day? Those type of things. So I'm always competing against ourselves. Um, and in racing, it's a team sport, even though you think of the driver on the track. Uh, and so I'm, the other thing that happens is instead of winning with t- the right tires, the right tire pressure, the right tire compound, the um, rim width, or the gear ratio, or horsepower, or handling, or driving, or any of those things, you now um, what I try to win with is by surrounding myself with the best people possible uh and 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 also um you know training them the right way because we do not rise to our expectations we fall to the level of our training so i use different elements now to be successful than what i did in racing so it's people it's training it's education it's um emotional intelligence and keeping my cool not yelling at people as best i can it's a high stress situation um, so those type of things, understanding what makes you successful, what makes your restaurant successful, uh, and and surrounding yourself with those elements. You know, having been in management for as long as you have been and having the experience that you have as well as the background that you have, talk a little bit about just the process that you go through, interviewing, hiring, whether that is for yourself or your employees, kind of talk a little bit about some of your maybe do's and don'ts. Interviewing and getting hired is a is a tough thing, really. And interviewing, and you know, potential employees is is an interesting uh, aspect to to this career. Um, really, finding the right fit for you culturally is is probably more important than getting hired or getting picked. You have to answer the questions that that they ask, and not everybody's asking the same questions. Some people are just wanting to know, you know, what your success success track is. Um, people want to know, you know, so you don't want to be. Sometimes they want somebody who's really confident, and sometimes they don't. So, the person interviewing you is going to hire you for different reasons than what we would ever think, um, and they're going to keep you for whatever different different reasons. Um, and, and so, you, you know, be prepared to answer behavioral-based interviewing questions, but also be prepared to talk about yourself and talk about your successes, your failures, where you can get better, uh, that those type of things. 
Um, I think what makes me different than, than other people is because of my racing career. I, I came into this industry with a, a different operating system um, to where um, I'm willing to adjust and willing to change uh, approach and develop a systematic, my own systematic approach to managing restaurants or managing, right now I'm director of food and beverage at a, at a hotel, so I I'm oversee multiple restaurants and banquets and room service, um, but when I'm you know, specifically in a restaurant, I have a very systematic way of uh, of managing it, and that's through years and years and years of fine tuning uh, the system that 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 I have, and uh, uh, with that, so being willing to adjust to the, the environment, the culture, um, and finding the right culture is really important. So, interviewing. In the interviews, when you're being interviewed and interviewing them and asking them what their management style is and and trying to figure out what the culture is like inside the organization before you get hired, I think is is just as important as them interviewing you. And and that's the, the, the tough piece of that is like, hey, you may need a job right now. You may you're unemployed and you need a paycheck and trying to and trying to not fit into what they want and be who you are is really the, the the toughest piece of that. What advice do you give to people? Because I'm sure that people ask your advice. I'm sure they ask about your career and how you got to where you're at and how maybe they do the same. Because um, I know that there's a few, myself included, you get people asking you from time to time, like, what do I need to do to get to your level? So I guess my question for you is what if someone comes up to you and asks, what do I need to do to improve or what do I need to do to move forward in my career, what do you tell them? Never stop learning. Be a student of the game, whatever game you're playing, uh, and learn from people. Don't think that just because you've gotten the – you've been anointed the position of manager, general manager, director of food and beverage, that you now have arrived. That's just when the real work starts. Uh, you, you, you know, that's when you really have to humble yourself and not let the power of the position go to your head. People listen to you because you have authority. They don't listen to you. You may not be the leader of the group. You may be the head authority of the group. So find a way to be the leader of that group. The, the biggest thing, too, is I use this analogy sometimes, is if you want to be a good putter, in golf, you have to first be a good greens reader. So if you want to surround yourself with a great team, you have to be a great interviewer. And so people is where this is. This is not about – it is – there's a, food is where it is, and that may attract people. But to have a really great food and beverage organization, you have to have great people. And finding a way – to get people with the right behavioral patterns where they default to giving great service, they default to helping the person next to them, they um, and they they find a way to do what's best for the group and what's best for themselves instead of just being self-centered. So finding the right people and realizing that you have to lead them and you and that's more like if I ever write a book, it's gonna it should have a chapter in it about be a shepherd, not a drill sergeant, and so. A drill sergeant has the authority, but they don't have the respect of a leader. 
So be a leader and surround yourself with great people. Those are the would be the like the bare minimum two things I would say. Humble yourself, become a leader, be a servant leader, and surround yourself with people who are not selfish. Okay, so as a follow-up to that, give me some examples. Give me some examples of leaders or people that you work with or have worked for that truly exemplify some of the qualities that you're talking about here. First off, I mean, you know, the the, the people that, that I've worked with, I respect so much. Uh, and second of all, um, the, pe- the people I work for right now, the Overtons that own Hotel Park City and the Roos Chris Steakhouse here, um, Ryan is um, the GM and VP of the organization here, and um, we bounce things off of each other all the time, and I have a tremendous amount of respect. He's um, very looks at things differently than I did. His his, his dad, has, you know, is an entrepreneur, serial entrepreneur, multiple hotels and restaurants. Where my dad was a truck driver, my mom cooked school lunch. I come from a very blue collar background, and so. Um, you know, Ryan has a, a, is a great resource for me in that way. Um, and qualities that he has, he's, you know, very calm, very trusting. Um, he's very, he's a macro manager where he doesn't really, we meet once a week. We, there's text messages and things like that, but he's always there if I need him. But he, he just has a different perspective to, to put on things than, than, and for, and, and a non-emotional perspective for those things. Um, the other people that I that I look forward to may not be, um, you know, people that I meet I've never met. Like for instance, I love um, Simon Sinek's work. I listen to his one of his TED talks um, about leaders feel, make you feel safe, um, and he tells this great story about uh, you know these these great storyteller. But he also talks about like his book Leaders Eat Last. And and that's about humbling yourself and putting your team first, putting other people first. And uh, and I was already doing some of those things, but hearing that was really, uh, you know, made those those ideas solid for me and part of how I manage and how I live. Um, another one that uh, I truly a book that I truly love was uh, Turn the Ship Around by the retired Navy you know sub captain. Uh, Captain David Marquet, um, and that really changed the way I did because uh, the way I managed people because um, I no longer felt like I had to give every answer. Uh, I had I could just change my 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 language and and get the team to answer some of the questions by and I'm quoting pushing authority to where the information is. And so I no longer had to be the person with all the answers, and that really helped free up the the stress of being, you know, a GM or director of food and beverage. I just have to say there there are some gold nuggets in there for sure. You are you're a good man. You've got some really really good insights, um, you know, from leaders and good leaders and good good books and resources for our our listeners to check out for sure. Um, You know, how is it, because obviously this is a very people-based business. It's all about relationships, whether it's relationships with suppliers or employees or managers or, or whatever it is. Um, How do you, how do you recruit and how do you retain employees? Well, 
um, recruiting people is, I mean, you know, typical, you know, like posting ads, you know, things like that and, and getting people. I don't like physically go out and recruit people, see somebody really good at a restaurant and try to, like, get them to come work for me. Um, I, I don't really, like, actively do those things. But how I, – I luckily, when I worked for the Hilton Corporation, they had a mandatory training on behavioral-based interviewing. And they told us how to ask these behavioral-based questions, but I didn't know what behaviors I was looking for. And I just – was kind of just sitting there. It's like, okay, I asked these questions, and, you know, like, like a classic one would be like, you know, what was your – you pick a job, like you're, the last job they have. What was the best thing about working there? And everybody's like got that answer. It's like most of the time I get the people. Um, and then that, what's the worst thing that you that was about working there? And they're like, uh, 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 they're trying not to say the manager most likely <laughs> and because – um, I most likely wouldn't hire anybody if they said they couldn't get along with the manager because that means they most likely wouldn't get along with, with me or the team of managers that we have. Um, but anyway, about a year and a half later, I, st- I stumbled onto an article in the Harvard Business Review called The Ordinary Heroes of the Taj Hotel. And what happened is is the Taj Hotel got attacked by terrorists and is in Mumbai. And even though it wasn't in any manual, in any training, it wasn't any in any single place, the staff of that hotel took the guests back into the kitchen, and they put themselves between the terrorists and the guests, and um, and even a, I think a chef and a server that had been there for like 20 years got shot and killed, and it's an amazing story. And still, you can search just ordinary heroes of the Taj Hotel, and you can find this article, and. The people at, at Harvard started breaking down the hiring practices of the, the the people that worked for this hotel company. And what I did is I read what they were and developed questions to try to try to find um, the same type of characteristics people here in in and the whole time I've been here, I've been in Utah, and and so. Um, and so I, I've done that. And so one of the biggest questions I ask is, um, if you had six months to live, if you went to the doctor and you, you were told you had six months to live, what would you do the remaining time? And I'm looking for a non-selfish answer. Uh, the, the, one of the best answers I ever got was a, from a J1 student from um, Bulgaria. She said I'd get a second opinion, which I thought was absolutely amazing. I still classify that as the best answer. But I'm looking for something that, like, most of the time that would be, like, spend time with my family. Um, you, you, you know, I'm not looking for skydiving, traveling, you know, all these self-centered answers. I'm looking for something where people, under the stress of an interview, are um, answering something in a non-selfish way. Um, I also have what was my, um, my, my Seth Godin question I call the purple cow question, where – uh, I say because people think they're going to get hired off experience, and I hire for character, knowing that I can train the skill um, with that, or our team can train the skill. It doesn't have to be me, but we can train somebody that has the right to characteristics. Because I can't train character, so I'll ask if I interview somebody with more experience than you, tell me why you think I should hire you over them. And it gives them a chance to tell me something special. The, uh, the old Seth Godin, Purple Cow, the, you know, almost a classic now, I guess, a book. It's been out for a number of years. But um, I want to know something special about them. I don't need to hear that they're a hard worker, they're punctual, um, and they're a fast learner. 
most everybody's going to tell me that. Tell me something special about you, and that's the, that's the best way for for uh, for um, you to get hired in our organization. Uh, and and so there's a number of things. I want a lot of times people who play sports also. Um, one of the characteristics from the Taj Hotel is people from small towns that didn't go to big colleges. So I would much rather hire somebody that goes from a college, goes to a college that I didn't listen to, grew up in a small town, than somebody that went to Dartmouth and grew up in Boston. Um, it, it, it's it's a different mentality, uh, almost like you 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 want to get a, a people who are non-selfish, have a chip on the shoulder, and something to prove, uh, and have this small town type. Um, mentality where they they're nice to people and they talk to people and it's not this big city I'm on the subway I'm on the bus and I'm not going to talk to anybody type personality so those are the things I look for that's what what we do and um, you know with our questions and um, and that's it okay so as a follow-up to that question what do you tell somebody who maybe wants to get into this business but doesn't know how, or they they want to get into it and they don't want to make mistakes, and they say, Scott, what can I do to get into this business, and, and how do I go about it? What do you tell that person? Don't just start anywhere. Pick a company that has that promotes from the inside. Show up every day. Show up every day with a smile on your face. A lot of getting get moving up or getting promoted in the food and beverage business is about being there. Um, it's not about how good you are. It's about you know having a sense of responsibility. Um, like I said, I applied at 15 different restaurants, and I didn't get hired. And then I got hired by by a company um, that I had to commute 30 minutes to, and I was just looking for a job. But looking back on it now, I would say. Find a company that is going to promote you. Show up every day with a smile on your face. Work hard. Get your hands dirty. Um, and um, find, make sure that company also fits the culture um, that, that that you fit in the culture. The the other thing you, you know with that is um, it, it's it, understand that the, the employees are more important than the guest experience because when you become in the, get into management you are my customers are not the customers my customers are the people who take care of the customers so that's who my guests are so i have other managers i have servers i have cooks i, I spend more time talking to them than i actually do talking to customers a lot of time at the level that i'm at so um be prepared to work hard. Be prepared, prepared to work long hours, um, and find an environment that matches the matches your personality. Um, you will find that people who like there was no such thing as ADD when I was a kid. I probably would be classified as ADD now if I was if I was in school. Um, but there's it, everything moves so fast that it matches the frequency in which my brain moves. So if you're one of those people that works on one thing at a time, you may be better working in the accounting department of a restaurant or a hotel versus actually trying to manage a food service industry because there's like literally seven things going on at one time that you've got to hold in your head and, and keep track of. Scott, you are a good man, and thank you for your time today. For anybody who wants to get a hold of you or touch base with you, 
how do they do that or what's the best way to do that? Um, I have a Instagram account uh, at Straight Cabbage, it's just like it sounds, fully spelled out, S-T-R-A-I-G-H-T-C-A-B-B-A-G-E. Um, that'd be probably the, one of the best ways to catch me. So for anybody who wants to reach out to Scotty and find out a little bit about him and his management style or uh, what he's up to, go ahead and go over to Instagram and check him out over there. And we will catch you next week. Hey, thanks for sticking around. Be sure to share this podcast with your friends, family, co-workers, or anyone who's interested in making food fun. And when you get a second, give us a review. It really helps us get the word out as well as letting us know how we're doing. Want to connect with us? Check us out at Make Food Make Money on Instagram or Facebook. Or email us, info at businesschef.org.